episode number two with my father, Ray O'Kelly, career sales pro. Hope you really enjoyed part one, learning about learning about what sales was like, outside sales was like in the 60s, 70s, uh, I guess part of the 80s. And you're going to hear, we're going to start moving up towards the year 2000. Hope you really enjoy it. Uh, here is episode two with my father, Ray O'Kelly. Intro, the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, hosted by Mike O'Kelly, presented by Rhythm AI. The goal is to get in, dominate, then get out. Surviving Outside Sales, now on with the show. Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly, and uh, this is part two of the interview with uh, the career sales pro, Ray O'Kelly, my father. So, Dad, when we left it off, we were talking about Robbins and we were talking about your positions in driving to West Virginia and your pre-call planning and a lot of the things that were happening are still happening today. So let's jump back into it. So you're with Robbins. How long were you with them? And kind of walk us through, you were in Roanoke at the time, you went to Richmond, walk us through that progression as we get to the late seventies and then the early eighties. I was with them. Uh, almost five years, uh, and uh, the uh, I, I did see uh, that Syntex Laboratories. I had a friend with Syntex. They were coming out with new products, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they 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 had a big research investment. Uh, like they actually were researching disease states and Robbins. Uh, unfortunately, uh, just kind of stopped the research. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't, like Mr. Robbins, E. Claiborne Robbins, the president, said, you got to drill a lot of holes to get a gusher. And so he wasn't re- willing to spend all of his money and, and, and uh, kiss it goodbye, so to speak. Um, so... So then you jump to Syntex. Right. And so this was, you know, this is the first company I remember you being with. You know, I was born in 78. So when did you go to Syntex? What year was that? I think maybe 77. 77. Okay. Well, let me, let me think just a second. Um, Jennifer was born in, my daughter was born in. 76 and then you, you would have been born in 78 mm-hmm. right okay so did that answer your question sure okay. yeah all right. all right so your late 70s you go to syntax what do you notice about syntax that's different from robbins um we um i used to say to like new managers coming in regional managers, and they say, what, what can you tell me about Syntax? And I said, we play hard, and we work hard. <laughs> and, you mean in that order, or? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. maybe the reverse. Yeah. But in other words, uh, we, uh, we, you know, being a California company, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, uh, Katie, bar the door, you know, I mean, we would show up to sales meetings in a costume. I mean, it, oh it's gosh. just, oh, really? 
and uh, so California was very um, out there. Even yeah, back it, in, it yeah. was. It was. Uh, and I started jogging uh, when I was out there in, in training. We had a three week and three day training out there. Wow. And I mean, I almost felt like a Californian citizen by the time we finished. Yeah. Uh, but I understand like Merck Sharp and Dome, they would have six weeks at, uh, at their training. Mm. So, but uh, Palo Alto was very interesting being out in California. We went into San Francisco uh, on weekends, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a great time. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the company was, um, was very innovative, very innovative. Uh, and we had very good marketing people. And we just marketed the heck out of the products that we got. Mm-hmm. And it was all, you know, what good products, stuff. What products did you have? Had uh, principally naproxen. Okay. It was um, a probiotic acid derivative. Uh, and it was very close to Motrin. Okay. But Motrin had a seven or eight month start. Uh, before we came out. Okay. And um, so we had to catch up because Motrin was a good drug. Uh, but we had Naperson, we had uh, a long half-life mm-hmm. on our product, which meant, which turned out to be uh, uh, twice a day. Mm. And you just take it twice a day, you're covered. Whereas... Motrin, you would have to take three or four times a day. So a shorter half-life and more immediate release. Yeah, and more convenient. Yeah, so it's, it worked faster, but it worked shorter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as uh, anti-inflammatory activity, uh, maybe because it had a long half-life, we got a little better coverage. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that, that Naperson went to the number one uh, anarthritic drug. U.S. and and eventually worldwide. Um, so, so Naprosyn, you were calling on who are you calling? You were still calling on primary, or were you now calling on specialties? Anybody that saw pain? Yeah, um, I called on. Uh, I, I made sure I got by the uh, orthopedist, mm-hmm. and they were a big prescriber of Naprosyn. Okay, uh, and the primary care and. Uh, the family pra- family practice was coming in, mm-hmm. um, and uh, family practitioners uh, and inter- internists, uh, and so there was a market too for the medical uh, medical off uh, well actually medical universities uh, or universities had a medical school, mm-hmm. uh, and that that was a a, a, a niche market. And usually the, the, uh, that would be covered by a hospital rep mm. and a hospital rep might have three or four hospitals. Like I became a hospital rep, um, and I covered MCV mm-hmm. and also I got the, the VA at Hunter Holmes, uh, VA hospital in Richmond as well. So they, they were two big medical centers, uh, and a lot of residents uh, from MCV 
practice over at the VA hospital. Mm -hmm. So there, there was a synergism mm -hmm. uh, or a synergy between the two. <clears throat> so did you launch Naperson or was Naperson already uh, being sold when you started with Syntex? Trying to think back. Um, I, I was there just after it was launched, like within like two or three months. Um, yeah. And so what was that like when, you know, Motrin was already out there yeah. and, you know, this new company, very oh, yeah. innovative and oh, yeah. you've got this product, uh, right. Naperson, um, that, um, that's, I mean, that's naproxen, right? Mm -hmm. Or is naproxen the generic? Yeah. Okay. So naproxen would eventually become what? Oh, naproxen would become naproxen. Or oh, naproxen became naproxen. Yeah. Okay. And then that was a leave, right? That's where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, okay. That, so that, if you're listening that, here, the product that he helped to build with Syntex uh -huh. eventually was purchased by another company and then became Aleve. Yes. So the over-the-counter yes. product. Oh, yeah. Right. So that's kind of the life cycle of products is mm -hmm. it is sold. And then once it kind of becomes off <laughs> patent, I guess, yeah. then it becomes an OTC. Yeah. That's kind of the life of a pharmaceutical right. that's, product. That's but true. Um, I remember as a kid, there just being samples upon samples in the garage, you know, well, <laughs> it's okay, Dad. I think the uh, I think the company's you know, <laughs> right. you know, were you supposed to have it in a storage unit? Uh, well, yes, and and I did have it in a storage unit. Yeah, but, but <clears throat> for the very reason of security. Yeah, uh, and we moved to to um, and then also we had a couple drugs that we wanted to have a a dehumidified oh yeah situation. So, but yeah. Well, I got, I got a soft track. Let's get, let's get oh, back. So right. you're, so at this time in the eighties, what are you seeing in the pharmaceutical or the just, you know, you can say outside sales world, but specifically the pharmaceutical world, are you now starting to see a lot more products on the market, a lot more reps? Is there, is it starting to get crowded or does that come much later? <clears throat> well, <coughs> excuse me. It really started to get crowded. Uh, and, for example, you had Eli Lilly uh, with Darvset and also a uh, uh, spinoff, uh, Dista. Mm -hmm. And they, they were selling the same drug. Mm -hmm. so, you, you, so Lilly had a double hit on the physicians. And sometimes the physicians did not appreciate it, you know, because he said, well, yesterday a person just came in and was uh, promoting Darvaset. And now you're here today doing Darvaset. So <clears throat> it, it forced us all to schedule like four weeks out or three weeks out so that we wouldn't bump into each other. Mm -hmm. So that was a, another restriction. Yeah. So, it, so that limited. It, it had, you know, it had us pulling out our hair sometimes. But, um, but the, the deal was numbers. 
the more numbers that we, uh, oh, and, and I was going to tell you, um, we're with Syntax. Mm -hmm. Syntax went on a binge and doubled the sales of uh, size of their sales force. Mm. But the physicians, they didn't double the size. Yeah. So they would see a Syntex rep uh, twice as off. Well, maybe twice as off. But uh, of course, I, 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 my most popular physicians, most valuable physicians, I didn't wait a whole cycle to come back to see them. I, I had my own agenda uh, for doing that. But then we had this other, like a, like an A and B team. Mm -hmm. uh, that had different, uh, even different managers, and it just got crazy. Yeah. But uh, why do you think? Because that was kind of the uh, they called it the pod system. About when I got into pharmaceuticals, mm -hmm. where these companies said, you know what, if we've got one rep in there, six reps are better. And so, but those reps were with the same product. You were just selling a product that just had a different name, or. The other reps just had different names, but now they start adding more reps, you know, so you'd have two reps. Why do you think they started doing that? Was that just somebody's bad idea or was that yeah. just, was that just executives? They had statistics. Okay. They had statistics that, uh, <coughs> for example, <coughs> they could tell you on a new product, it would take six months from the launch of a new product to get 5% share of the market, mm -hmm. for example. Well, uh, some accountant in, in these corporations said, well, we'll just double our sales force and we'll uh, cut down on the time. So there was no talk about actually figuring out a way to shorten the time with the current sales team, yeah. train them better, yeah. have better conversations. Right. It was, exactly. let's just throw more people in the field. More people. <laughs> more and more calls. More calls. Yeah, and it drove what year was this? This was early eighties. Yeah, mid eighties. Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. I mean, we've never had this conversation. I had no idea this issue was so pervasive for so long. Oh yeah, because this is what really has hurt the sales world. Yeah, is just throwing more people with the same messaging at the same buyers. In this case, physicians mm -hmm. to the point where they just put their hands up and they're like, "I can't do this anymore." Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And, uh, so, but <clears throat> I, I didn't, I failed to mention one critical thing mm -hmm. is that <clears throat> we had call systems mm -hmm. and we'd have like a, a, a slate, like an iPad and the, the phys physician would sign for samples okay. on our iPad. And, uh, well not, I, but it's like an iPad, oh, right? Yeah. Me, it's, well, we had what IBM. technology was it? it was IBM. IBM, so it's called what year? But this is in the eighties. Yeah. IBM had this in the eighties. Wow. No, well, they they had these. Uh, they call them slates. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the uh, military would use these uh, slates, and so we adapted a software to that, and that became our call system. Hmm. And uh, how big was this? Was it like, I mean, did it, well, it was like started, the precursor to the tech? It started out being really heavy. Okay. I mean, 
I remember some of the computers you used to have, uh-huh. and they were like five pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were really heavy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you mean, back then, the processing of that was, you know, it was still green screens and that, oh, yeah. you know, binary, uh, you know, wasn't very flashy. So, so I guess this brings up something I wasn't prepared to, to talk about, but now you brought up. When did technology enter your space? Because I remember growing up as a kid, you had paper call sheets that you would reconcile, and you were spending almost every Saturday morning right. while I was watching exactly. cartoons exactly. reconciling your calls for the week. Right. So, what was the mixture of technology versus pen and paper? Well, it ended up um, very little paper. I mean, it was all uh, managed on call calls under a call system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but it, it, it was automated. I mean, it's uh, so. Gotcha. That, that was a, a very efficient way for the company. Did that start with to, Sin? Did that start with your time at Syntax, or was that rolled in after you started? Uh, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> actually, I knew about the uh, the little handheld. Uh, Slates, mm-hmm. small and like like a, a, a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew about them, but we sold out to Roche uh, before getting them. So you so, got the slates with Roche, not with Syntax, right? Okay. So so when did you start with Roche? That was the nineties, right? Um, let's see. Trying to think. Let's see, eighteen. I, I, I went with um, with Syntax in seventy-seven. I think so. Mm-hmm. Seventy-three, and then was with them for eighteen years. And so 90, about ninety-one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got the slates with Roche, not with Syntax. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I, I called up the uh, administrative call system and said, you know, you might want to check in one of the rooms because there are hundreds of these little uh, uh, call system uh, cell phone mm-hmm. things because I saw them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was out there, uh, yeah, and so, uh, so I guess we're jumping ahead a little bit to Roche. So okay. you're with Syntex, and it's the '80s. Mm-hmm. What's happening? You know, this was, you know, there were some financial crisis in the end of the '70s. You know, I know the, the gas was through the roof, and being in outside sales, was your, was Syntex worried because there was gas shortages, things that we have not dealt with here. Uh, you know, I have not dealt with in my 40 some years, there were real gas shortages. How did you, how did you handle that as an outside sales rep? Did the company say limit your gas or was it just do the best you can? Yeah, they were alternate day. Um, so, um, I mean, if I was running out of gas for one car, I might use a, uh, my own private car, Mm. you know, to stretch it out. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, it didn't bother us too much, but 
you know, you wouldn't go a long distance mm -hmm. just to make one physician call uh, if if you realized that uh, it was worth more more than uh, if it was worth le uh, less uh, than than the gas costs, mm -hmm. and and you you had your own internal. Uh, knowledge of that you didn't want to run out of gas in west virginia and try to get back to roanoke you know <laughs> yeah yeah or so, you could just go ahead and release the brake <laughs> and just go down you the could mountain stay all the way down to roanoke yeah yeah when did uh when did you move to richmond because that's where i was born in 78 so it had to have been before then yeah um i guess So it was around that time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. It wasn't long after uh, we moved back to uh, Richmond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I forgot what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. um, I lost my train of thought. I was gonna, oh, we had mentioned before. So we've gone through kind of syntax. You'd mentioned earlier about sales books. So who were the big sales names in the 80s, 70s and the 80s? <clears throat> yeah. Who were the uh, big authors? Who were the big thought well, leaders in sales? Yeah. Uh, uh, Trying to remember his first name. Nightingale. Okay. Um, and then, of course, shoot, uh, I haven't read one of his books lately, but, um, oh, it's, um, I can picture him. But, uh, Buzz, let's see. I can't remember him, uh, but he was a, a salesman's uh, help because he dealt in sales techniques. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I can't, I can't. That's okay, we can come back to that. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I put you on the spot. So everything's going well at Syntex. Mm -hmm. And then Roche comes in. Mm -hmm. Think back to, so obviously I think the cat's out of the bag. Roche acquired Syntex. Mm -hmm. Yes. How long did that process take? What did you hear mm -hmm. in the field? Were people freaking out? Yeah. Uh, walk through kind of when you got that call. How did you find out? Did another rep tell you? Did your management tell you? Did they have a national conference call? Walk through what that period was like. Because um, a lot of people go through this. You know, mergers and acquisitions yeah. happen all the time. Yeah. I've had <coughs> three or four <coughs> mergers and acquisitions. So what was that like? Um, well, for me, I, I thought it was very fortunate that, that I was picked. But there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, doubt. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of uh, second-guessing. Uh, and uh, so we didn't know who was going to be picked. Um, fortunately, I had one salesman of the year in my district um, the year before that happened, and I think it might have helped me uh, uh, because Roche looked at the candidates, and I, I, I was in a meeting. I think. 
that took 175 of us. Uh, How big was Syntax? How many reps? At one time, we had 1,200. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, all in the same... All in the same call points, or was it multiple divisions? Oh, uh, you mean products? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like all twelve hundred people calling on the same with the same products. Well, or? We we had some specialists, okay. uh, specialties for um, AIDS as a drug for AIDS, mm-hmm. and uh, very specific drugs uh, for uh, viruses. Okay, yeah. Surviving Outside Sales podcast is brought to you by Rhythm AI. If you are in outside sales, check out RhythmAI.com. That's R-I-T-H-M-A-I.com. The sales enablement tool that will help outside sales teams build their best sales days every day. Rhythm. Prospecting, targeting, and routing simplified. Everything an outside sales team needs, nothing it doesn't. Try for $1 for the first month today. That's RhythmAI.com. Now back to the show. So did Roche buy all Roche. of it? The, Roche bought the entire company? Oh, yeah. Okay. So all 1,200 reps. So then you said 175 from all divisions were kept, and you were one of them. Right. What, Very fortunate. What was, I mean, I mean you know. how, how long did this whole process take? You know, uh, I yeah, went, we, I, I, when I went through a couple of these, yeah. some of them were, hey, we have a conference call in two days. Everybody uh-huh. lost their job. Uh-huh. And a couple were months ahead, hey, uh-huh. be on the lookout for a new job because uh-huh. we're yeah. going to be sold. Yeah. What was it like? Well, <clears throat> I think we learned in um, September at a regional sales meeting that this was going to go down, mm-hmm. uh, that Roche made a bid for Syntex, and it was accepted hmm. by the board. <clears throat> Do you remember how much that was? Uh, no. No? Okay. No. I'm sure I can Google it, but yeah, keep oh, going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, <clears throat> we uh, met at a regional meeting, uh, and everybody was doom and gloom, so to speak. And we were trying to figure out uh, how to, uh, uh, what our next move would be. But um, we didn't anticipate them taking any of the, of the um, syntax people. Mm-hmm. Because, well, like Syntex, we, we bought a small pharmaceutical company, uh, and we didn't, we didn't keep any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... So I'm Googling right now. So this is from 1994, May 3rd, Los Angeles Times. Roche will acquire Syntex for $5.3 billion. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Wow. I tell you. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's... Well, they, you know, the, the, uh, I guess it was a compliment, but we always said Roche had deep pockets, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and they did. Uh, we, we had a, when we had a regional sales meeting, like mm-hmm. we had Chicago and, um, uh, who was a late late night uh, host, uh, comedian? Carson? No, the, the next. Uh, Leno? Leno. Yeah. We had Leno. I mean, mm. one time. Jay Leno performed at your meeting? Yeah. Mm, he did. 
I mean, he he made a presentation, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Chicago, of course, uh, wonderful concert. Mm-hmm. And we had Huey Newton in the news. Uh, Huey Lewis. We Huey Lewis, yeah. rather. And then we had um, James Brown. That, I tell you, uh-huh. hearing these stories, it really hasn't changed. Oh, really? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, huh? you know, I mean, really? I was I was at Enterprise. We had Counting Crows. Oh, really? Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, yeah. Um, I never worked That's for I never worked for big companies, but I've heard that some big companies like Pitbull would perform and. You know, artists would perform oh. privately. I mean, that's, you know, but it's just funny that yeah. even back then, you know, you think that this is something modern, but it's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you lose oh, the yeah. news is uh, performing. So, um, right, right. wow, $5.3 billion. I mean, in today's dollars, mm-hmm. I, ha- I mean, what is that? What do you think? Probably like $100 billion, maybe $250 billion. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of money. And it is a lot. So. For the time. I mean, I remember as a kid, you know, this is no knock on syntax, but, and this could just be bias on how I remember things, but I remember in the eighties, you know, life got better every year Mm -hmm. from when we were younger in Settlers Landing, when we got to Queens Mill. But I remember when that Roche money came in, (laughs) I don't know if you were making substantially more, but I just remember the Roche years. It just seemed as if Christmas was more bountiful. Yeah. It was just, we, we, we were never left wanting for anything. Right, right. Now, we never really, you know, growing up in the 80s, you and you and mom always were mm-hmm. very restrictive on what we could get. Usually yeah. it was a no. Yeah. yeah. I would usually hear as a December yeah, sure, baby, sure. well, maybe Santa will bring it or maybe it'll be yeah. for your birthday. And I'm thinking to myself, it's May. Well, I can't wait six months. Well, but, I'll tell you, um, Roche had a good uh, uh, bonus system mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that was challenging and uh, we actually <clears throat> under Roche uh, I talked about syntax uh, being innovative uh, and uh, under Roche in Richmond we had maybe five reps mm-hmm. uh, Roche reps we formed our own company what do you, wait what do you mean <laughs> well we <clears throat> we set our own uh, agenda we sent uh, uh, we would meet in sales meetings with just us <clears throat> we had a name Cinecon team hmm. uh, and uh, we split up the, you know rather than have Five reps calling a neurologist, we would have one. You know, rather than have uh, <clears throat> five reps calling on orthopedic surgeons, we would have one. And we just we planned that on our own. Did the company know about this? Oh yes. Oh okay. We want we want a sales award for this. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. So um, you so you you I, I mean I've never heard this story. This yeah. is absolutely fascinating. So yeah. you guys sat down yeah. and you said, look. It doesn't make any sense that we're all stepping on each other's toes, exactly. calling on the same people. Let's <clears throat> specialize mm-hmm. and work together. Right. So who did you end up calling on? <laughs> Let me see now. I, I think I had the cardiologist. Okay. I mean, I remember yeah. you, I remember coming downstairs and you had medical textbooks open. 
And I remember asking you what you were doing and you were like, I'm studying the heart. And I thought, well, that's boring. I'm gonna go outside and shoot. Yeah. A lot of details in the heart. Yeah. Oh, and that's back when you used to have deep clinical conversations with physicians. And that just, I don't think that happens a lot of times now. Oh, okay. Okay. I think it's just right now. It's a lot of companies teach talking points, right? And they might teach minor Mm -hmm. points of biology. Yeah. But it's more, right. here's our product. Just say this message and oh, you say sure. this enough times. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if you're going to be <clears throat> a part of the practice, mm-hmm. an advisor, uh, a medical advisor, mm-hmm. you've got to read the journals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the cardiologists don't have time yeah. to read the term journals. And I, I'll say, you know, uh, Dr. Martirosi, uh Last Thursday in the uh, New England Journal, they posted a an article that I think you would like to to uh, be informed about. Next, yeah, I said, well, what was it? I might hand an article to him, copy, yep, uh, or I would present the information verbally, and I say, <clears throat> now that's the reason why uh, Coreg is, is uh, so good for heart failure, as opposed to just a straight channel blocker or a, a beta blocker or uh, a uh, blocker of uh, alpha and beta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> if you go in with that, you know, and, and don't even mention your product, then I, I, I got... Well, now, what's the name of your product? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you bring value and people are so used to being sold <clears throat> yeah. and you don't sell, right? they think to themselves automatically, this person's different. Exactly. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, what do you have? And people appreciate that where it's not just the constant bombardment of messaging, the constant bombardment of try my product, try my service. This is great. This is what I do. Sometimes I would even uh, at, at the end <clears throat> when I... Uh, self-ordaining myself mm-hmm. as, a, as a counselor or a partner, I would just go in and talk about side effects. Mm. You know, I'd say, well, doctor, you, you, you're you going to have all these basically with this uh, group of, uh, of uh, products. And, you know, there's an article or there there's an opinion now that this this new class of drug uh, eliminates tachycardia, bradycardia, whatever like this. And so, you know, you might want to think about that. And he says, you don't have one of those drugs, do you? I said, no. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, you know, um, pulling up a warning for them, for, for him and his patients. So. Even if you didn't have something to say, I mean, I actually just uh, talked about this the other day. Uh-huh. Bring value every single time you talk to somebody. Regardless, it doesn't matter what it is. So Just bring value like you did. And he said, do you have a product for this? No, I just thought you wanted to know. All of a sudden, then, you know, Ray O'Kelly turns into the person that... Ray, come on back. Yep, yep. yep. I need to talk to Ray O'Kelly. Yeah, right. And 
I mean, it's the principles of being a, it's funny. I was, uh, I was mentioning mm-hmm. on one of the episodes, like, uh, my old roommate, Jay, I don't think you met Jay, but I lived with Jay for a couple of years from upstate New York. And he used to always say the phrase, I got a guy, <laughs> you know, and it's like, Oh, you need this. I got a guy. Uh, right. And so when, right. when buyers in yeah. particular right now, when physicians need information, <laughs> what they say to themselves is I got a guy, Ray O'Kelly, mm-hmm. yeah. or I got a guy, Mike O'Kelly. Yeah. And that is really the ultimate when in the eyes so, of the people that you are servicing or trying yeah. to sell products to or yeah. service, yeah. if they look at you as the go-to, right? that's the ultimate. The that's the goal. Right. Yeah. You're the expert. Oh, sure. And it, it's, hey, can you help with this? Can you help yeah. with that? And <clears> what you've really done is you've just gotten a customer for life. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's because, really the goal. Yeah, because they also, they see that... You're, you're not just pushing your product. You're pushing health. And uh, so, so that's, that's that. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, uh, well, we'll finish. We've got a couple more minutes. We'll, we'll finish up on Roche. So you spent, I don't know, six, seven, eight years with Roche. And they were great years. And, you know, you were starting to get up there in age, no offense, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you were getting to the age where, um, the industry really was changing. And I remember before I got, when I wanted, I told you I wanted to go in sales after my baseball career was over. Yeah. I asked you about pharmaceuticals. Do you remember what you said? You told me, don't, don't go in it. Don't go in it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I said, why? I mean, and you said the industry has changed so much mm-hmm. since when I started. Yeah. You said it's less about clinical uh-huh. discussions, yeah. and it is more about volume yeah. and pushing product. Well, well I can see, I, well, sadly, see, I can tell you a lot has a lot has not changed. Uh, see, I was a, a certified medical representative, mm-hmm. CMR, <clears throat> and <clears throat> graduated from the CMR Institute. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, this was a correspondence thing, and then final exams, you go to a medical center. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, for example, oh, medical terminology. Well, probably most companies would have some kind of course like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they went into uh, specific organs and how they, uh, how they function. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had all that background. So, you know, I mean, I was ahead of the game. And, you know, knowledge is, is money. Yeah. So. Training is money. Oh, okay. And I think that, you yeah, know, you talk right. about, you started copier sales way back when. Yeah. Which is interesting. I didn't even know that. <laughs> uh, copier sales. Oh, yeah. Um, what was the, you know, the training was, was the training good with the copier sales? Yeah. No. Well, that has changed. I will say now copier sales has excellent training, but, um, you know, so you end up with Roche and then did you feel like, you know, you were getting pushed out? No, it, well, the product, okay. The product that we were promoting at the time, the sales division at the time, uh, just didn't do what the company expected it to do. Mm. However, um, 
when they made the announcement that, that the Zenical division was going to be cut, that was in December. Uh, we got the data in on December, uh, and I was like 167% of quota. Mm. And so... So the rest of the company is not doing great. No. I, but you're, yeah. you're like, I'm, I'm killing it. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Well, yeah, um, because I believed in the product. Mm -hmm. I worked hard. And I had become a, a, a consultant. Mm -hmm. So, what was your? Uh, did you see a difference in the company cars from Syntex to Roche? Because I remember as a kid, I remember you'd always have a different car every like 14, 16 months. Uh -huh. I remember the Buick LeSabres, the Ford Tauruses, yeah. the uh, Dodge Intrepids. Yeah. yeah. I remember when you got the Dodge Intrepid. I thought it was the, one of the coolest, coolest cars I'd cars. ever seen at the time. Exactly. It was very long. Yeah. Like a Crown Victoria length. Which but you felt, you felt like... You were in a cockpit almost. You were in a cockpit and you know, the, the road was right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so. What was your favorite car? I have several of them. Okay. Uh, the the, the uh, Buick and uh, which Buick was it? The Lesaber. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right now we got the Peanut Gallery. Mom, what, what do you want? You want to say? Oh well, hold on, Mom. We can't. We can't hear you. I thought you were talking about the car. I was. Oh well, we can't hear you. So under five seconds. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what happens when it's live yeah they get, yeah yeah thanks thanks mom sure. uh so the buick was it the saber or is it uh do you remember i mean the names change so much of these cars but i do remember there was a buick that i really liked yeah um the intrepid i really liked i thought it was very comfortable but uh -huh. i always thought that was really cool as a kid like what cars dad coming home with uh -huh. and uh oh yeah it was always a different car uh -huh. i did i really disliked oh do you remember those Ford, what was it, the Ford Contours? Was it called the Contour? Remember you got a Ford, or was it the Ford Taurus where they, oh, that's what it was. The Ford Taurus had that really crazy bug-eyed front, remember? They redesigned it, and I remember you brought it home, and it looked it, it looked completely different than all the other Ford Tauruses. Mm -hmm. um, it was like it looked like a spaceship. Oh, okay. Do you remember what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, yeah. I... Uh, I guess I might have to just. Uh, why don't we just end on that? Since okay. <laughs> I'll show you, a, I'll show you a picture in the break. But uh, um, this is part two. We got through the end of the century or the millennia up into his time with Roche, and we'll kind of talk about ending his time with Roche and uh, the rest of his uh, career after that. So uh, stick around for part three. Uh, thank you, everybody who has been listening. Hope you're enjoying this uh, story of the uh, O'Kelly uh, sales lineage. So thank you very much.